did Bob McCowan just say what I think he said? You can rewind Primetime Sports Podcast when you subscribe at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. On demand. Going in for the shot. The shot is It's game day. Set for the Leafs and Blues. John Tavares with a hat trick. This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home on Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, it is Leafs Morning Skate. Jeff Blair, Andre DeVoe, Anthony Stewart, Leafs, and the uh, red hot St. Louis Blues tonight. Ten in a row for the Blues going into tonight's game at the Enterprise Center. What was it called when you guys played? Scott Trade Scott Center. Scott Trade Center. Wasn't it called Purina? No, that's the old place. It was called the Ralston well, Purina. Florida, it was the it was the Bank Atlantic Center. I think it was like the BB and T Center. I think it was the BET Center one time. <laughs> keep the same name. It's Skydome. It's yeah. not Rogers Center. It's Skydome. Oh, don't say that. We don't say that. Cut <laughs> yeah. that out. Yeah. Cut that out. I forgot. Cut that, that out. That message was you not can't sponsored say that anymore. You can't yeah. say that anymore. Yeah. I know. Your bank pond. You're all you're fired up. I know you you want to get to the Carolina Hurricane celebration oh, thing, but we got it. Let's talk about Leafs and Blues first. I mean, we all agree anyhow that the Carolina Hurricane celebration's fine. It's we all agree. Horrible. Absolutely, it's embarrassing. It's, I want to scratch my eyes out watching it. Well, then don't watch it. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not going to watch any more See? Carolina games just in protest. Not that I watch that many anyway. But I think it's me. I think it's silly, but. On, on the list of things that piss me off. I just life. don't think the best professional athletes in the world should be playing duck, duck, goose at center ice. I think we should have a little bit more. Uh, duck, duck, know. goose is fun. Yeah, well, when you're, maybe if you're over in uh in, in I'm just Germany disappointed that they didn't do it when I was there. Or something, but. If, if I was there, I'd be coming down from the rafters like Sting. I'd be coming in like <laughs> a ladder match. I would honestly have so many ideas that. I, I think it'd be great. I don't, uh, I don't know when. I won't lie. Like when I first, when I remember my dad bringing my first Leaf game at the Gardens, and I saw Dougie G and Wendell Clark, and I fell in love. If they would have sat down and played Duck Duck Goose after, I don't think I'd. I don't think they would have been my favorite players. Game, I would pay to see them the play game, Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> I game, would pay good money, not a lot, but good money yeah, to the see. The game them evolves. Play. The game evolves, right. and you got to uh, adapt and you got to embrace it. And well, I mentioned this right. on my Twitter at Stu Monroe that. What do you think? Craig McTavish thought when he saw these guys wearing helmets, he's probably like, look at these softies guys. They're changing the game. The game's changed. Why are they wearing helmets? Let it look now. Everyone is wearing a helmet. So these celebrations are here to stay, especially for you. You've played in Europe. We've played in Europe. All the fan favorites are the guys that are doing these celebrations. I remember David Ling in the British Elite League, you know, water skiing was behind the Zamboni, and the fans loved it. He was a fan favorite where – He's 44 years old, still playing because he's a fan favorite. See, as so, long as you're not, as long as you're not rubbing it in the face of the other team, I, I don't, I really don't care. Evo, honestly, what would you think if they're celebrating and you're the visiting team after the game, you're eating your pizza or your hot dog, you're probably out there watching, getting a laugh. You're not sitting there saying, "Oh, these guys are disrespecting. I can't wait to go fight these guys." If, next if time. we just, if, or we, the, if we just lost some five-four in a hard-fought battle in overtime, and I had two fights and. And we're coming in, and everybody's sour. Duck, duck, goose. And then they're playing duck, duck, goose at center ice. The I, National I, League. You'd be on the plane, I'm, I'm having my hot dog cocktail. on the ice, dude. Right. I'm throwing All my right. hot. Do- I'm I'm taking my you hot dog. You would never throw a hot dog uh, away. <laughs> Come on. He's auditioning for grapes of seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not uh, sour enough to. Oh, don't be. 
So let's talk about the Leafs and Blues. This actually, you know, for what, uh, February, whatever it is tonight, this, this is going to be a pretty good game tonight. Ten in a row for the Blues. Uh, they have a goaltender who can't lose, Jordan Bennington. Um, what is he now? Almost 190 minutes. Yeah, where'd that come Shut from? Shut up. Like, they, they haven't lost since they played L.A. in January. Think about that. I think that's that's pretty impressive. It, 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 it's really impressive. Uh, they've made, you know, a major line adjustment. Braden Shen along with Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. You know, we've talked about take, playing different sides and that, but they took a guy who was a center, put him on the wing. It seems to have worked out. Um, a couple of things to talk about. You guys, you must have run into Craig Berube at some point, point in your careers, did you? I did. I know the the legend of Craig Berube. The legend of Craig Berube. <laughs> no, but he's a guy that, you know, he commands respect. You know, he's got the nickname Chief where he's got the burly voice. He's, you know, a big guy, obviously a very extremely tough hockey player. So guys, uh, I don't think they play for him out of fear, but he demand, demands that accountability where you're not going get to get away with certain things like you do with, you know, other coaches that didn't play the game or play that tough game. So the devil's in the details with him, and he's turning that uh, that organization around. But I really want to comment quickly on uh, on Bennington. He's mm-hmm. a guy that uh, he trains with Matt Nickel in the summer. He's yep. part of the Biosteel. Uh, I think he's um, from Richmond Hill. Originally. He's from Richmond yeah. Hill, but um, you know, it really works wonders what Matt Nickel does with some of these players, where it's all about opportunity and working hard. And he's a guy that's on the ice, you know, every day in the summertime working on his game with uh, Andy Kyoto, working on the details. And he was just a guy that sat in the minors for a while and waited for his opportunity. And he you know, if you ask a lot of people, they'll yeah. be surprised. I'm not surprised because I remember seeing him just putting in the work, quiet guy going about his business, just waiting for that opportunity. And now he's what 12, one and one. 187 minute shutout sheet. So kudos to him, and it's it's amazing, and it's uh, one of the stories of the NHL this year. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really impressive to see a guy come up, especially from the minors, for after a couple of years there, and and run with it. You know, because there's a lot of players that people don't see; they never get the opportunity. You know, our guys get one game and get sent right back down. So it's awesome to see a guy get the opportunity and just run with it. And you know, Andre, um, one of the points we had Joey Vitale on the Blues color analyst, and one of the points he was making about Jordan Bennington and his role in this is. The Blues like to play a suffocating style, and one of the things they've been able to do with him, very simple, force all the shots to the outside. And and it's like, guys, when you have confidence in your goaltender, and, it, I mean, it's easier it's easy to tell guys to, hey, four shots to the outside if you have confidence in the guy, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's just, Absol- it's, it's much easier. If you, if you trust your goalie, you're giving away shots at the perimeter. Uh, you know, then your guys aren't running out of position in turn, and, and uh, it's easy to keep that whole box in one and and it's easier to play defense which leads to good offense it's it's it sounds really simple uh, when you say it like that but a lot of times when when uh, you, you know you see a shot go in from a bad angle top of the circles the next time you're chasing that guy you don't want to get another minus and that's the way it works when you have a goalie you trust it makes a huge difference yeah, they're on that shutout streak right now, and uh, their top line of O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Shen playing lights out hockey. So it's going to be a tough task for the Leafs tonight. Um, but I think the key is they got to get that early goal. They got to get that mm. early goal. They're coming off that long flight from Arizona all the way down to St. Louis, and uh, Arizona. It's one of those rinks where it's it's tough. It's tough to get up. There's not a lot of fans. I think there was uh, quite a few the other night, but it's just tough to get up being on the road in Phoenix for my you know you know what i remember from arizona i remember that restaurant where they had i remember jamal mares ordered the biggest seafood platter i've ever <laughs> one by the rink or no so, so, till this day uh, till this day like i think about that like what what a waste of fish like it was just it was it <laughs> was it was massive it was 
You know, that's I, I equate Arizona with that seafood. But it's such platter. a boring I, trip. I don't even remember anything. So all I remember <laughs> about Arizona from spring training is that it has North America's greatest collection of cougar bars. That's all I remember. No, no comments. I, I got some offside. I, I had some great great advice. <laughs> I, I went and got a haircut when we were in Arizona, and and uh, they, that, I, I, super I, duper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you can go uh, last week. <laughs> the, the, oh, anyway. Um, my, my, well, no, my hairdresser told me, he's, he just said, he, he said, go take a cab ride and go to uh, Arizona State. See if you like it. And it was a good day. I spent the whole day there. Yeah, Arizona State yeah. is, uh, it's, it's a fine educational experience. <laughs> <laughs> Say the least. But Travis has been there. Travis yeah, just like looked you, at me. Like you'll see that smirk on Travis. It is face. the greatest party school yeah. in 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 well in in the United States certainly. Yeah. Um, and it's a fine degree granting institution, I might add. Yeah. Speaking of the uh, the Coyotes, <laughs> I, I didn't have a problem. Yeah, I, it would have been nice if the Leafs had gotten more than twenty one shots on that. But man, I thought I thought Arizona deserved the win. I, oh, they, I they, thought they, they had played play them. 100%. I thought they outplayed them. I thought they had the least figured out tactically. Uh, that's going to happen. I think Talkett won the coaches battle right there, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think I think this is a good thing, believe it or not, uh, for the Leafs because this is a uh, preview for Mike Babcock where they're going to play against in playoffs. Uh, yeah, that's twice now Phoenix has done or Arizona has done this to, to uh, the Leafs where they play a one-two-two. They take away the stretch pass. They make uh, the Leafs shoot from the perimeter. And they don't give them, their, especially their star players, any time and space, you know, and cycle as much as possible. And it, the Leafs really generated zero the whole game. You know, Nylander had a couple of chances in my notes here, but that's that's about it. Um, you know, so I think I think the Leafs are going to have to do some video and figure out a way to But I wouldn't I wouldn't counter. worry too much because, you know, the game's 2 nothing. You know, they only had five shots, I think, halfway through the second period. They finished mm-hmm. the second with 11, and they were still in the game. They had an opportunity to get back in the game when they had that uh, four-minute uh, power play, and they didn't really do much on it, but yeah, Matthew's it just shows that like, even though when they're not playing well and they seem like they're out of it, they're, they still have a chance. So I think they just have to correct that part where, hey, we got to get over the hump of that first period. Let's maybe put on, you know, 12, 15 shots in the first. That's their problem. They're sort of getting lulled to sleep, but... I think the one positive is they had an opportunity to get back in the game. They just didn't do I, it. I just get nervous for them because I don't think, you know, I think they're used to, you know, you could tell guys are getting frustrated when they're, they, they haven't scored and guys, especially in the third, started trying to do too much and, and we're turning pucks over at the blue line. And I get nervous for them in a playoff series where you're not going to score four or five goals every game and they have to start figuring out how to win a game, you know, 2-1 or, 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 or one nothing sometimes because you're not, guy you, goal scoring and power plays goal Right, you know that better than anybody. So they have to find different ways to win. But we always, we always count them out. You know, they they lose to a average team, and then their next games against a top team. <clears throat> what happens? They come through. They score two, three power play goals. They win the game four, five, two. So yeah. I'd look for them tonight to and, uh, to bring their A game. Yeah, and and you know, I think Mike Mike Babcock uh, made the point uh, yesterday, and he doesn't usually say things like this, but he essentially came out yesterday and said, "Hey, I think." This is we're playing the best we played all season at this yeah. point in time, um, you know. And and this is going to be the end of a was it a twelve day six city road trip? Uh, you know, I, do we did we learn anything? Now I made the point this morning. I don't know if we learned anything more about the Leafs in this road trip. I don't know if anybody's changed our mind about anything. The only thing I've learned in this road trip is I look around the division. I go, Pfft. you know, Tampa Bay is. Uh, you don't don't even worry about Tampa Bay. The focus has got to be 
on Boston right now. This is a big week because Boston's got Vegas tonight. Then they go to St. Louis. You know, the, the Leafs will burn one of the games in hand they have against Boston. They play St. Louis, Washington, Montreal. They can, in the space of a week, they can bury Montreal. if they. I think if they beat Montreal on Saturday night and yep. the, then it goes to eight points I, or seven points, I don't think Montreal is going to make up that gap to, to Toronto. But they can also kind of focus now on the Bruins as well. Yeah, that that's it's it's pretty inevitable. That's who they're going to play in the first you know first round of the playoffs here, and um, I think they got to start focusing now on the trade deadline because we know mm-hmm. Boston's looking to add that top player. I, and I think Boston's there's a lot of players available, and um, the, the the positive part is I think Boston's gearing up to add top players where Toronto just needs to add those secondary players. They yeah. need to add that tough defenseman. Yeah. Uh, I heard they mentioned uh, someone mentioned uh, McQuaid or, or possibly uh, you know someone else, but I really Brett think Pesci's they need another guy. They yeah, need Brett a Pesci. Shot. Um, <laughs> who's the defenseman? Sorry, in, uh, in in Philadelphia, so that could be a good package Goudis? there. Gudis yeah. with Simmons, and so they 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 don't yeah, really like have to, to make Goudis. too big of a splash, yeah. but I think they really have to get prepared for this first round matchup and the current uh, roster construction. I think they're going to struggle a bit, but we'll, we're going to see what they're going to do. Yeah, if, uh, you know, everything we hear is that Boston is going to add a, a, a top-tier forward. Look, they need to. I mean, Patrice Bergeron is, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's certainly not getting younger. He's logged a lot of miles. He's been hurt this year. Uh, I think they need to add a guy, I don't know, a, a Jeff Carter. I know his contract has got a little bit of term left, but, but a guy like that. Like, I think yeah. they're looking to add a significant... A guy yeah. who could even be in your top line. Guy, yeah. they need somebody else who contributes. You know, you can't just go into playoffs with one line and expect them to. What if? What if they add? Everything. You know, what if they add Wayne Simmons? You know, they're notorious for adding that mm-hmm. big uh, power forward at the deadline yeah. at Horton, and uh, they got Yager and uh, Ginla. So if they yeah. add, uh, you know, the guy that Toronto's supposed to get, <laughs> that's going to create yeah. even bigger problems. <laughs> no, so. I, look, I I think. Uh, you know, one of the things that happened during this road trip is, you know, at least to somebody who follows the Leafs, I've, I'm focused now as much on what Boston and Tampa Bay do at the deadline as, as what Toronto does. I don't know if Tampa, I mean, I don't know if they have to do anything. I mean, I, God, I, I watched them last night, and, and I've seen them play a couple of times. I mean, they're getting plays. This Eric Chernick, who, you know, at the start Ooh. of the year, yeah. he's, you know, there's your answer. If, if, if you thought you may have needed a little more depth in the blue line, there's your answer. Yeah. Uh, you know, last night they they just they just ground Columbus Columbus down. And look yeah. at their de- like you just look on paper at their decor. Like it's it, I think Tampa is one of the best decors in the league, and it's it's far you know beyond the, the Maple Leafs even with the additional Muzzin. Has Head been hurt? I, I know he, he exited one of the games the other night. Uh, I don't know. No, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Actually, we'll take we'll take a look at that. Must have been dreaming. Um, no, entirely possible. <laughs> uh, one of the things I, I did want to ask you, we talked about the blues and how one of the reasons that they, this team started to experience some success is when the decision was made to take Braden Shen off center, put him on Ryan O'Reilly and, and Vladimir Tarasenko's line, move Tyler Bozak up as a second line center. And, and one of the points Joey Vitale made is look at the beginning. Braden Shen didn't seem to be overly thrilled with this. He's made the transition now. But he, he he made this interesting <clears> – <throat> he had this interesting point about Braden Shen suggesting that one of the reasons his season may have may have been a struggle is that he had an upper body injury, and because he was a center, he was being utilized in face-offs, and he just and, – and it was like he almost felt as if he was losing the face-off before he went 
before he went in there. Um, and, and, and playing wing kind of allows them to use a different skill set, right? Keep your feet moving, uh, uh, you know, things, of, things of that nature. Or you, you don't have to wind up as much as a winger uh, compared to a center. Is there really that much of a difference for a guy? Like, can that, can that in-season shift make a difference? Because one of the things I would think if you're a winger, I'm not taking anything away from wingers compared to centers, but I would think, I wouldn't say you work a little less as a winger than a center. You definitely do. You do? Okay, you do. well, there you go. <laughs> there you Def- go. Defensive zone, you do. The okay. Defensive zone, you don't. Mind you, as a winger, if you're first man back, you have to cover for the center and you'd have mm-hmm. to go low. But uh, uh, so you don't you don't ever want to be first man back. That's, that's just mm-hmm. a tip. But uh, you're definitely, you know, battling down low, helping the D.O. And then, you know, you get the puck up to the winger and then you got to get all the way back up mm-hmm. the ice and try to create offense. That's half your shift right there. You know, yeah, you're, you're you're in the offensive zone looking to get where the winger's probably been at the point. You know, guarding mm-hmm. his point man, standing still, basically waiting for the puck, and he's ready to go. You know, he's he's fresh off the rush. So I, I think there's a big difference. But I think the main difference with him, and it's the way the the NHL is trending, is these stars, these superstars, all kind of play together, and then they they uh, I, I, with Shen. It doesn't. He doesn't have to create as much. He can rely on other guys, you know, Tarasenko and O'Reilly creating stuff for him. You know, so it's easier to get points, and you get a couple points early. It's a more confidence than you could, could create. And yeah, well, as a coach now, you know, I, I have my fours playing all both wings and centers. So yeah, that flexibility like that. makes mm-hmm. the team a lot better. And I'm a player that I had to play right wing. I was stuck on right wing, and it actually cost me games <clears throat> in the lineup because. I was awful on my uh, off wing in the defensive zone. So I wish I learned to play that position or, you know, had more responsibility to learn that left side because it actually cost me shifts. And um, coming up as a junior player, I was a centerman up until my draft year to the NHL. So that adjustment from center to wing was almost, uh, you know, a culture shock where I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to play the wing. I'm, what, what's, what's this wing business? But again, eventually you sort of uh, get comfortable with the position. But that flexibility now is going to be good for playoffs for St. Louis because, you know, say they're down a goal, now they can put Chen on the wing or mm-hmm. they can adjust someone from center to wing or wing to center, whereas with Toronto, they sort of, you know, they, they sort of have that problem where you know, I don't think you could put Hyman on the right side or in the middle. or So they're sort of uh, stuck with the personnel, uh, you know, stuck in those positions. Well, and, I, and I, I guess, too, what I was getting at, though, with the end, we do this halfway through the season. I mean, it, Braden Chen, it almost must feel like a second win to him. Absolutely, know, getting it, getting going from all that work, especially when you know it's like anything else. When you know you're not 100 percent healthy, and if you're sent and you're getting kicked in the face off circle, you know you almost you, you feel as if you're 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 sort of your goal down every time you take the ice. This has got to be a bit of a like a breather for Braden Shen. Absolutely, like like I said, way less pressure on him. He doesn't have to carry the line. Everything goes as a centerman. You have you know the most the, the a line goes with its centerman. Everything goes through the middle. Uh, um, so you know there's there's a lot more pressure to, for him to create and playing with these other two guys now. I, I think it's a load off his back where where he could rely on other guys to make plays as well. It's not just him. Uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do a little onside, offside. We'll talk a little bit about Rob Shrimp. Do you guys know Rob? <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> we'll talk about his comments. We'll talk about his comments about John Tavares and uh, take a look at what the Leafs may do to their <laughs> may do to their lineup. Yeah, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. It's Leafs morning skate on Sports <laughs> Five Ninety, the fan. 
Tim and Sid. So funny, you might pee a little. Luckily, you can listen on the can. Subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Now, back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Offside. Well, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness. Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. All right, let's talk about <laughs> post-game celebrations. No, we won't. We won't talk about post-game celebrations. No. It's DeVoe Stewart and Blair. It's you don't want morning skate. My opinion on the po- well, you, I guess everybody. Knows I read it on Twitter. Twitter. You read it on Twitter. Well, it's, I, I, hey, I agree with Don Cherry. That says enough. I mean, that, that tells 2019, you. Two thousand nineteen. That tells you right there. If I'm agreeing with Don Cherry, it's got to be pretty bad. I please seize control of this? Yeah, sorry. You're, you're the whole, I feel like Ziggy right now taking over your show. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. It, it happens. So Rob Shrimp, uh, first-round pick, um, had some things to say about John Tavares uh, on Twitter. It essentially, well, he accused him of being a little into himself, kind of a guy who was happy with his points when uh, cookie monster. Yeah, cookie monster. Yeah. You know, the comment about how essentially saying he only got up for when he was playing with Team Canada, that he was a different guy when he played for Team Canada, which I, I can, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, all we can go on is what we've seen from John Tavares here. And I don't know Rob Shrimp. I don't know John Tavares, but I do know this. If there were flaws in John Tavares, the person, quote, I think we would know about it by now in this market. Um, I tend to think, and, and, and subsequent to that, Rob Shrimp, to say, look, one of the, I, I said this because John Tavares mentioned my name one time, and this is kind of a way of evening, evening it up, which I just, here's, here, here's, here's the thing. Um, John Tavares has made a lot of players, a lot of line mates, a lot of money in the NHL. And 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 I don't necessarily care all that much if he is into himself a little bit. I think most superstars are. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Most I, I, think, superstars I, are. I think you have to be. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I think whatever flaws people may see in John Tavares, this is just my opinion. Less, It's less about John Tavares and more about the fact that I think John Tavares just spent too much time in that market. I mean, that, that, that's my take on this. And I think you always have to keep that in mind because I think great players, I mean, there comes a time where you, you wear out your welcome as a great player. And I think if, if John Tavares was like that, I think that's more a reflection of the market than John Tavares. I don't, I, I don't know what you, what you think, Anthony. I know Rob Shrimp personally. Uh, we played in Atlanta together. Um, we were part of a group on Sundays on our day off. We would uh, start a tradition where we'd go and have a strawberry daiquiri. So we'd be called the Dak Five. Five of us would go every day off and have strawberry daiquiris, a couple before. What team was this? Atlanta Thrashers, yeah. Beauty! <laughs> but. Uh, Robert, were they frozen? Yeah. Were they, yeah. I honestly... Yeah. Were they frozen? It was like uh, mulched. Mulched. <laughs> mulched. Yeah. So it was very good. Uh, may have been a double. But um, <laughs> I bet you he he regrets. He regrets that it, this got this much traction. Uh, for one, I don't think he was in the island long enough to get a sample size of John Tavares. Uh, John Tavares is a media darling. Um, he's a constant professional. He goes about his business. He does everything the right way. I'm just upset that 
you know, he's the target of this. Um, it'd be different. You know, he was within his rights to leave, come to Toronto, go home. Um, he took less money. It's not like he left to go down to, you know, just take a big payday and, you know, live out uh, the rest of his career on, uh, you know, Planet Rock. But he he's wrong. He's flat out yeah, wrong. Yeah. He's flat out wrong because he's, he came to Toronto, took a discount. He's putting up major numbers, and he's helping the team win the, you know, the, the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I've, you know. I don't know. Why am I side? I, I know I know Shrimpy a little bit, uh, you know, from playing against them and you know at the bar after sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think he, he didn't expect this to get this much traction, and and um, it, it's hard. Uh, I, I will say, I will say, you don't necessarily always know a person just because you see them in front of a camera for for a, a few interviews in a row. You, a, a guy can make you believe. In a thirty-second interview, he's anybody. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think you know. I know guys that have played with Johnny T, and they said he's a real professional. But you and, can and name ten serious. bad guys right now in the league. Yeah, he's not one of them. No, so to call absolutely. him out, yeah, I think right. that's yeah. that's wrong. No, so and, and, yeah. um, I'm sure Shrimpy will mention us later on in the day. He's probably listening on the radio or checking his hashtag, his name. But you think uh, he listens? Maybe. So. Hey, Shrimpy. <laughs> but uh, he's totally offside. He's offside. Yeah, he's shrimpy, you shrimpy, you're offside. We he's love talking John to, Tavares. Yeah, yeah I, li- I like JT. If JT scores 30, he's good with me. Yeah. <laughs> JT for captain. Yeah. Oh, no. No. AM <laughs> only, for four, game, only for games against Boston. AM only for three, games against Or Mitch Boston. Marner's dad. Those are my picks. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff almost spit out his coffee for all Mitch the Mitch Marner's yeah. dad. Yeah. He's my vote for captain. <clears throat> yeah. So I, there you go. I that, that's a rare. What's your call? What's your thoughts well, I, on it? Yeah. I, it's what I said. That's why I'm on side. I said that yeah. I think it's. I you, just I'm you, not you, a fan. You, you guys who were star players, I think that. I don't, I'm not saying you treat them differently, but you know, a guy who's a great player in a market where you're not winning, that can get old. That can really get old. And I'm just saying if I was a guy like that, yeah, I'd probably be a little into myself. But Star I mean, all, players all I, are always a little cocky. They're always like a little bit, uh, you know, there's that line between cockiness and and being confident. Mm-hmm. And star players are always walking that line. Like I, I said, I all I know is he's made a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's made a lot of no, winners, a lot right. of money. Uh, Andreas Janssen is expected back tonight. Trade him. I was going to say who sits. It's pretty clear. I think it would probably be uh, probably be Tyler Ennis. You, you're ready to trade him. Well, I think he. Listen, I, I think he's a really good player. He could be a Maple Leaf for a long time. I don't know, but I think if you're really going for it, if you're putting all your chips in, I think you're going to have to trade one of the young guns for for or one of the young guys for, um, you know, a couple of rentals, a rental or two. We, you know, we always talk about it on the show and. I think his value right now has never been higher. He's been scoring lately. Uh, you know, got a little scare there with the knee on knee, but it seems to be okay. Uh, I'd rather see him go than a guy like Kapanen. You know, so. Well, I, what I find interesting, Chris Johnson reported this in headlines this weekend, that Kapanen's agent uh, is going to have preliminary discussions with um, uh, with Kyle Dubas this week. Uh-oh. Oh, no. 30 million bonus up front. <laughs> Cash. Uh, cash. Straight no, but, cash. Yeah. But, you know. It, guys like money. The, <laughs> guys like money. That's true. The timing intrigues me because we are approaching the deadline. The deadline is Monday. And I wonder how much of this. I'm not going to put words in Kyle Dubas's mouth, but I wonder how much of this is Kyle Dubas needing to get a sense of where things are going to go with 
Caspery Kapanen as he approached the deadline. Is it? I, 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 I really wonder if that's – if it's it, – it might be too much to expect him to be signed before <laughs> this week, but I wonder if this isn't about trying to figure out legitimately what it is going to take to get Caspery Kapanen done and – you know, using that as 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 uh, as info going into the deadline. But I don't think they can lock him in right now yeah. for long term because they created a problem. No, but what I'm saying is, at least get an idea of whether. Yeah, or not you but can they, do it. with a small sample size, they did the same thing with Zaitsev, where they said, "Hey, he has a pretty Bingo. good year. We're gonna, yeah. you know, we're gonna forecast he's gonna do that, and that contract's a mess right now for them." So I think they got to say, "Hey, this is all we got for you. One or two, if you want to go sit in the mountains and take off half a season like Nylander did." Uh, you know, they got to stand pat and work within their budget. So, Kapanen, I say they got to say, hey, we'll give you one year, two years maybe at three and a half, four and a half. Take it or leave it. See, you later. they got to start playing hardball because if you're not one of the top three, the big three, yeah, you're, you're not getting paid. Sorry. I was listening to uh, I th- some, I think it was Hockey Central, though, and they were, they were talking about how he might be an offer sheet candidate because it's, it's second-round picks or something like that with him. You know, like it's, There hasn't been an offer sheet since... There's going to be this year. I mean, you're marking my, you heard it here first. We have, we have a rule. We can't talk offer sheets. Oh. I don't even want to get into that. That's like talking about the no, unicorns. No, but I, I'm, just, I'm just saying what I, what I heard. I, I think the if tinted you, if visor's not... coming back. Yeah, we hear, we hear about it, but until we actually see it... <laughs> Keep talking you got about this it. thing about visors and yeah, pads. Yeah, he's always chirping guys' visors. <laughs> I'm beginning to understand a little bit about I'm gonna you. I'm going to start wearing a, a tinted visor. I think just just. Uh... Who was the last guy? Ovi wore a tinted visor, yeah. didn't he? Wore the I... uh, orangey, the uh, yeah. The they tried to make me ball. wear one one rookie camp, and I'm like, well, do you have a tinted one? They're like, nope. I'm like, well, I'm not wearing one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the tinted visor thing. I mean, unless you're trying to get a job welding in addition to playing. Uh, the playing in the NHL. No, what was Ovechkin? He said he didn't want the goalie to see where he was shooting. Didn't want him to see his eyes. That was yeah. his thing. He didn't want him to see his eyes. Meanwhile, he's going one time or top yeah. shelf every I don't single think, shot. I don't think the goalie is looking at his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he could probably advertise where you're shooting if you're Alexander Ovechkin. You're going to be, you're going to be okay. Um, now, the, one of the reasons I mentioned Kapanen, though, of course, is uh, you know Chris Johnson did an article today on Jake Gardner and Jake Gardner visiting his friend uh, Tyler Bozak in St. Louis, and of course. You know, as Chris pointing out, kind of similar situations in that uh, both J- uh, you know, James Van Riemsdyk and Tyler Bozak probably figured out three-quarters of the way or halfway through last season that they weren't going to be back. Um, you know, I, I just, this gets back to the point, though. If you're going to address Kasperi Kapanen, I, I'm taking at face value that they'll get Mitch Marner done. Guys, I, I, just, I just don't see how there's any money left for Jake Gardner. I... I, I just don't. I mean, I think Jake Gardner's as good as gone. Yeah, next year. And yeah. oh yeah, that was a foregone conclusion yeah, at the start so. of the season. Yeah. Just at his number and and I'm know. not certain even getting Jake Muzzin changed yeah. it. To be well, honest. just even yeah. at the comments with Dubas saying, yeah, you know, if if he's willing to work within our parameters, we can see something. That means, hey, we got no money for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to take what we give you or see you later. So, but Gardner. He's a guy. He's he's a fifty point guy. He earned his paycheck, but he yeah. just uh, you know it's unfortunate that he can't earn it here. But with Toronto, they have some young defensemen coming up in Dermot that can slide in and play some major minutes. And uh, you think Dermot's as good as Gardner? See, not I don't, yet. I, I, not they're, yet. They're always pumping him up on the good show, and it kind of you know I kind of disagree. I, I think Dermot's. Yeah, I think Dermot's see, really good. I, I think, think he's good. I don't think he's gonna. He, he's gonna be nowhere near Gardner. Oh I really? Think. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he might. I think he's going to be better defensively mm-hmm. than Gardner. I also think he's a smarter player than we'll Gardner. See. We'll see. I, 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 I think he's don't a smarter think so. player than Gardner. Um, 
How many goals do you think Gardner has without looking? Eight. <laughs> Two. I had to look. No, and that that surprise. No, you know what? Way off. If I hadn't, if I hadn't looked, if I hadn't looked, your guess. If I hadn't looked, I would have said six. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Two goals. No, but he's a solid defense. He's just lost in the shuffle. And by, he's, had, he's had to play with Zaitsev all year. I mean, but he's going to get his Zaitsev, money here in this paycheck, not a, right? like a defensive, uh, you know, where, where Gardner could jump up in the play and, and be offensive. And let's be honest, he doesn't really get much power play time either. Where do you get your cookies in this league now? You get, you get them on the power play. One yeah. thing I did want to ask you guys about, there's one stat we haven't talked about, and I don't know if it means a thing. Uh, the Leafs? Are twenty eight zero and zero after forty minutes when the, when they have the lead after forty minutes? Does that say anything to you? I mean, is that a real stat or is that just one of those, you know, sort of trying to find talking point stats? It shows they're well coached. They're not given. They're not blowing up uh, in but the third. Wouldn't you think a team that plays the way the Leafs play would have torched the odd yeah. second period lead? Though I just well, find that remarkable. I think part of it is usually they're at. 25 shots again after you know against after two periods right. meaning that Anderson's team. in the zone yeah. right the other team's in the you know Anderson's in the zone because he's getting overworked so you know going into the third period with all that work he's ready to go dialed in ready to make those big saves so how many times have you seen him make those big saves in the you know the beginning of the third period when they come out flat or near the end of the game so i would uh attribute that to Anderson you know yeah. being a you know Vesna you know, caliber goaltender. So he's the main reason for that stat, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I find, again, as I said, I just find that surprising given all, all we talk about is not heavy enough, not good enough defensively. But, man, that, uh, I don't know. If it was 1995, we'd say, well, it's the New Jersey Devils playing the left right. walk. No, but there's, maybe it's a random stat. Does that, uh, you know, now that we, we we've seen... You know, this this uh, six-city, 12-day road trip. Uh, and I mentioned that, really, I think the only thing that's changed for a lot of people is that it's just reinforced that Tampa's going to run away with this thing or is running away with this thing. It's going to come down. The only battle is really right now Leafs and Bruins, who gets who gets second place. But what do you think? What have we seen from these 12 games? Has anything surprised you at all uh, in, in terms of what you've seen, what you've seen from the Leafs? I mean, I guess the thing, my takeaway so far is I think William Nylander's I think he's playing really well. And, yeah, I, and he's I'm, creating a lot, that's for sure. He's creating, like, a lot of change. That pass he gave to Kadri in, where yeah. was it, Colorado? I yeah. mean, that, that's that's a pretty advanced play, you know, and shows. I, I would just like to see him back with Matthews at some point because he has vision. He looks, every time he makes a play, he is looking to pass first. You watch mm-hmm. him come around the net. You watch him enter. The, he's looking for, and that's not not taking any away, anything away from Kapanen, but Kapanen, does both. He's looking to shoot more often. Mm-hmm. He's looking to pass. So I would like, uh, you know, I'd like Nylander to get with Matthews eventually, but, um, you know, it doesn't, why why change something right now? But has that been the biggest, in terms of a player, has that been the biggest change we've seen in, in, in this road trip has been the fact that William Nylander seems to be back? Yeah. We mentioned before that it's going to take 20 games. So he's at the 30 game mark. So a little bit longer than expected. Mm-hmm. But when you're on the road, you're, you're relaxing a bit. You're maybe going out, you know, for dinners with the boys, relaxed, Fish not platters. really, yeah, yep. Fish daiquiri platters. and daiquiris, and not worried about the, uh, you know, the <laughs> media. Bars. The whole entire media staff's not on the road. You know, getting quotes from me every day. You can relax a bit, but yeah. I'm most surprised right now. There hasn't really been a, a panic mode. You know, they haven't uh, been playing the best hockey of late on the road trip. But 
there's no real quotes. There's no one really going at Babcock for, uh, you know, his quotes on, oh, the team's playing awful. So mm-hmm. usually around the midseason, there's a bit of that blow up where, but they're keeping everything in house, which is good, showing that they're maturing from years past, preparing for the playoffs. Well, yeah, you have to in this market. You learn that pretty quick. Yeah, everything has to stay in house because when one thing comes out, we're running with it. Is, it. is there a good time to have a long road trip like this? Like, would you rather have it at the start of the year or, or do you like it? Do you, do you like the way it is now? I'm a big fan of having road trips at the start of the year because it really the long ones, yeah, right? Yeah, because it really gels the team. You know, guys get away from the when you're at home, you don't see a lot of guys. Guys have families, uh, you know, away from the rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys go home and you don't you only see them at practice. On the road, guys are going to dinner all the time. You're hanging out with new guys. You're getting to know them. So, I think uh, I, I I like road trips at the the start of the year definitely. I like near the end. Really? Yeah, remember in Russia? We were near the end of the season. We are taking those 12-hour plane rides. You know what the good part was? No practice, right? You play That's the game, true. you that go, you true. relax, you sleep. So you know I like what the bad yeah, part I, was, though? You're spending 12 hours on a Russian plane. <laughs> yeah, and I was getting cheated by the Russians in poker. I'd be <laughs> losing all my, all my rubles left and right. I remember the trainer would always be going back every 10 minutes to the back of the plane. I'm like, what's going on back yeah. there? He was going for smoke breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that. Do you remember that old plane? Oh. Do you remember that? It was all like, it was all, you could, it was the original design of the Boeing, whatever. And it, it was like all really nice, but it was wood paneling on the inside. Next time you go on a plane, imagine all yeah. the things are wood. I just, I remember talking oh. to, to Tim Thomas one time, and I think I've told the story. I don't know if I told you guys. Talking to Tim Thomas one time that was an NHL player avail- availability in New York that I was at for the start of the season. And it was just after, I think it was just after the Yaroslavl, the plane crash. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, um, and Tim, Tim Thomas had played in Finland, but he traveled in, in the K, and he was telling stories about, uh, um, he, was, he was telling stories about how they never used to pack the equipment. Like they would just sort of throw it all in the truck. And they'd get in the plane and they'd throw it in the back of the plane. And he said his first trip, he was like leaning back in his seat, going to sleep, and all of a sudden he could hear this noise. And he looked down, and the goal, his goalie mask, <laughs> was right beside him. And he looked at the back, and all the goaltending equipment had, had, <laughs> had come had come out. He said there were pads everywhere, and the plane has taken off, and the trainer's getting up in the middle of the takeoff, going back and putting the putting the pads back in. Hey, they said it was just it was like that. That was the worst thing about so playing. the NHLers don't really know how good yeah. they have it because. You know, only, guys are complaining about uh, there's no diet uh, ginger ale. There's only regular ginger ale. We're in Russia. <laughs> you're lucky, right? I remember we'd be on a road trip, and you, you'd have a cell phone in Russia where you had to go physically to the machine. ATM. Yeah, like an ATM. to. So sometimes I'd always do it at the airport, but some of these airports weren't weren't really airports. They were like garages, and they right. wouldn't have the ATM. So I wouldn't be able to communicate with my wife for two oh, days. You mean, oh, my God. You so know, you had so you, to, you had oh, to physically, like, put it, you know. It's, it's just just uh, problems that you wouldn't think of you, you had there. Quick story. I thought uh, Devo and I were closer, but uh, we had an opportunity to have this big, immaculate uh, penthouse. So we both had to live there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he made some excuse saying, well, you know, my dog might bite your kid. I'm like, well, I have three oh. dogs. So I'm not worried about dogs. Oh, but the funny part is that deal fell through because the lady wanted... 17 first and last month rent and it was seventeen thousand dollars and she wanted it in cash she wanted and ca- we didn't get paid yet and we didn't have any bank and accounts do you remember when we were so i'm like i can't pull out thirty four thousand dollars out of the atm yeah. in two days that <laughs> would seriously cut into your uh, daiquiri <laughs> do, you, do you remember do you remember we were looking at that place and she was going to new york and she yeah. had every louis vuitton bag 
you could you could see uh, you possibly imagine she was packing oh so was, Devo didn't want to live with me that's oh that's my gosh. the moral of that uh, story that's, that's, sorry I like my space Jeff you know what I mean I yeah, like I, I like uh, you know I just I think road I, trips in Russia are probably a little different than road trips road trips to the west uh yeah yeah I'd say so yeah <laughs> road trips to the far east what's, <laughs> the worst, yeah. what's the worst thing about never leave Russia side what's the worst thing about a long trip though is there anything is there any downside to to a long trip like this, the Leafs have been on. Um, I think sometimes with the with the time change, that sort of messes you up. You're supposed to get a day for every hour. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the West and you you get in and it's you know eight o'clock and you're ready to go to bed, but you got to stay up for another three four hours because you want to adapt to the time change. So the the time change and you know your your morning skate the next day is really at uh, you know two o'clock in the afternoon. So the hours sort of throw you off a bit. Your internal clock, which makes it a little bit difficult uh, you know to perform at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd say just family. You know, families, especially uh, kids. Oh. You know, some guys look forward to the road trips. Uh, so, no, but I'm talking <laughs> like talking the, I'm talking like the long ones. You yeah, know what I mean? True. Like in yeah. Russia, we go for three weeks. I mean, you're, it's like, yeah. that sucks. You had a kid. You yeah, know, you, true. You're your son then. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's a long time to you know even even after a week or so, you're kind of uh, I want to I want to see them, and it's hard to communicate a little bit. But that's you know that's why you get paid. You know, in hockey, you gotta give the big give, bucks. Yeah, you gotta sacrifice a bit. The Leafs. We'll take the ice tonight in St. Louis at the Enterprise Center against the Blues, 8 o'clock on Sportsnet. Leafs Nation postgame with Stellick and Savard will be right after the final horn. Um, we're back. It was a Thursday. The Leafs play the Capitals. It's going to be a big week for the Leafs, right? Like we talked about. They could, if they can beat St. Louis, beat Washington, and if you beat Montreal, you can pretty much. Washington's going to be remembering last game. They win they these three. Buried, they're, yeah. they're planning the parade. Again. No, they're not again. planning it. Again. No, there's no... <laughs> again. There's, there's, it rained out last week, yeah. but it's they're planning it again. There's no, there's no parade planning going on here. I uh, want to remind you, by the way, that uh, primetime sports this afternoon, Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins will join the boys, so uh, we'll get more Vladdy Jr. discussion and Marcus Stroman talk, I'm sure. And Hockey Central at noon is next. So for Andre DeVoe and Anthony Stewart, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Morning Skate. Thank you.